0: Hey, what's going on? This is beer today, beer tomorrow. This is Peter. Perry, how you doing?
1: Pretty good, ready for a crazy weekend. It's Swansea Day tomorrow, so that's going to be a a trip for sure.
0: Absolutely, but before we get to Swansea Day, we are here. We're back in Queens. Once again, we're in Long Island City at the Baroness. Uh, Perry, how does it feel to be back in Queens yet again?
1: I mean, this was a little easier of a trip, at least I could take the G this time.
0: I'm very pleased to be here, and we have a very special guest. Sir, please introduce yourself.
2: Uh, my name is Kyle Radziminski. Uh, I'm the owner of the Baroness, the uh, soon to be the Duchess, and the Huntress, all in Long Island City, Queens.
0: So, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for hosting Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow. So, you got a lot going on. You just want to tell us a little bit about everything that you guys got coming up.
2: Ah. <laughs> it's a it's a shit show of stuff. Um, anyone that's ever opened a, one bar can can uh, attest to like how annoying it is. But uh, right now, we're doing two. And running another one by ourselves, my wife and I—we we, uh, we uh, don't have cleaners, we don't have busboys, we don't have management. We do it all ourselves. So, yeah, uh, it's a big pain in the ass, but it's, uh, it's what it is.
0: Wow, right on. So now, so tell us a little bit about the history of the Baroness. How did how did it get started? What was the inspiration uh, behind it?
2: Well, I've I've had I've been in the business business for about ten plus years, I would say. My wife, um, she's bartending in different countries and whatnot. I was never a bartender. I was kind of in the back end of stuff, and uh, I started. We had a, a location on Bleecker and Sullivan years and years ago, and then I uh, had another place in the East Village. If you ever heard of Idle Hands and Billy Hurricanes, that was myself okay. and some other guys, uh, music industry fellows, and then uh, we opened another location. My wife and I a speakeasy called the Cash Bar in in Midtown Manhattan on Thirty Fourth Street. Like uh, I was behind a behind a uh, a fake ATM, and uh, that's actually this. Is all this furniture you're sitting on It's from that place. Okay. We actually took it all out, and we opened up here. Cause uh, we, if again, if you've ever had a bar, partners are the worst. So if you ever <laughs> want to open a bar, do not get fucking partners. Do it yourself. I'm gonna tell that to every <laughs> single person listening. Do not get partners or investors or anyone else. Just do it by yourself because it's ridiculous. But um, so we, we we moved to Long Island City, and we uh, we saw this vacant. Room that we're sitting in right now, it was vacant for eighteen years. Wow! It was full of garbage. The ceiling was rotting out. There was mold everywhere. Oh, shit! And so uh, we approached the uh, <laughs> we approached the owners of the building to get us in here, and uh, and yeah, then we just kind of started hammering it out. About five years ago, it'll be five years in uh, November. Wow! wow.
0: And, and now, uh, how would you kind of you know wh- what was that process like? Just just from the from acquiring it and getting it off the ground to opening day and how has it grown
2: we do it all ourselves so we build everything we do about 90 percent of the plumbing electrical ourselves basically we'll we'll do all the work and then someone else will come and hook it together so we don't get electrocuted and or sure everywhere but (laughs) we do all the all the the building like i built the bar myself literally by myself um we do all the design all that artwork graphics drawing blah 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 um And then over the years, you know, the first year, like, opening a bar is, like, awesome. You're, like, on a high. It's like, woo. And then the second year sucks because then you're not cool anymore and someone else opened a bar next door or you're not feeling it right. And so, you know, we had our ups and downs that second year. And then we, uh, the bar that I had on on Bleeker & Sullivan, I knew the chef there had another place on Long Island. And so we approached him about doing our kitchen. And it didn't really pan out, but his sous chef had worked for us at one point years back. And so we just said, "Fuck it, we'll just approach him." And he was making five hundred dollars a week, working six days a week. And now he's got like a four thousand dollar apartment in Long Island City, that him and his girlfriend live in. Like, nice. He, and he made good. And he came here and he just busted his ass. And we flipped everything, flipped the menu, started ripped out the draft system, put in tons more lines, just redid everything. And uh, and now I mean, you see, it's, it's always super busy, and you know, it's been it's been good. It's a it's, uh, it's a labor of love, but it's what it is, you know.
0: And, now, and you also do the beer buying, right?
2: Yes, yeah. It's like 100% me. Um, my, my whole thing with beer buying is I like to play even fields with the cool breweries and then the not-so-cool perception-wise breweries that people are like, oh, this or that. You know, it's like right now we have an IPA takeover from Brooklyn Breweries and there are everyone from Keg and Lantern to Grimm to Folksbeer to Wartega. So whoever it is, like, mm. if they, like it's always an open playing field. And uh, my big thing, too, is I'm a cyclist, so I bike to a lot of breweries. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, all the breweries probably that have been through here, I've actually ridden to them. Because we do mostly northeast breweries. I'm talking New York for the most part. Right. Um, but I've ridden to, like, from to Montauk Brewing Company. 165 wow. miles it sucks yeah that's, but, uh, that's far um, I've you know I've done Port Jeff brewery it's like 85 miles by myself you know and it's, it's cool because like when I go there I meet these guys and then a lot of times they go oh shit like you've done this yeah well like Garvey's point we do a lot with those guys mm-hmm. you don't see them a lot in the city yeah but they'll come here all the time and you know it's because of that relationship of like actually going and meeting them and seeing them and you know yeah it's not
1: just you know it's not just mouth talk on the phone, whatever, you're yes, like making yes. a point of
2: making a real connection. It's, it's uh, and, and we're not like, I always say it's all hops, no hype. We're mm-hmm. not like, I don't try to be the coolest one. I just try to like, just do it all. Like everyone be a part of the whole show and this and that. And so um, that's why like all breweries, they do something good in their own right. It's just finding what they do best, you
0: know? Uh, absolutely. Uh, and now how many draft lines do you guys have here?
2: Here we have 16. The Duchess is going to have 16. The Huntress is going to have 12. Um, I think Personally Over 20 draft lines Is kind of stupid Honestly mm-hmm. Things get neglected Lines get sure. dirty I mean unless you're On your fucking game Like It's, right. it's Patrick Doniger From Ale Life. We were We were talking one night And he was just like So fucking stupid These guys yeah. 25 draft lines ah. And I was like <laughs> Yeah it's like I don't like going To the big places Like that Because I feel like The beer I want to drink Probably hasn't been Run In like A couple days and I'm right. gonna get swill versus like something great, you know? Right. Yeah. And yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not doing any justice to the the beers that are on those lines. Like here as Duchess, it's all direct We have kegerators. We don't do. We don't do glycol. We don't do long walk-in lines. Like it's mm. all like right there. Like, I don't know if you know Ralph from BBDS. Mm. Ralph Perizot, he's got uh, burgers, beers, and desserts out in Long Island. Okay. He does all all the pop-ups at LIC Beer Project, the ramen pop-ups on it. Right, right, He just opened in Vegas. Like, he opened literally in Vegas. Like, it's a big-ass place. And he is the same way, all direct-draw the entire way. Just because two-foot lines versus 25-foot lines, it's a difference in what you're drinking. Completely. It's a bigger pain in the ass to deal with on our end, but it's better for the customer. Right.
0: Uh, Right. No, for sure. For sure.
1: It's kind of akin to like over in England, right? You got the pubs and they have the cask lines. Yeah. yeah. It takes a lot more effort to make that work the way it should, yeah. but if you're willing to put in that time, you get a really great Yeah. Of well, Ralph, for example, he's a cask he's a
2: caskmate or a cask check. It's like a certified cask Oh bar. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I can't think of the name, but I know what you're yeah. talking about. Yep. He's a certified, he's like one of the only ones, I think, in New York that's a certified cask bar. Okay, wow. So if you ever want to go out there, you should check him out.
0: I might have to take you up on that. So now, in addition to crappy, you also have wine, right? And, yes. Uh,
2: yeah. My wife is French, um, mm-hmm. and she's very much into her wine. So our wine lifts rotate as well, okay. which is not common for New York right. or most places. Like, we don't have this like extravagant, 175 bottle wine list. You know, we mm-hmm. have eight eight sparklings, and she rotates them constantly. Which is again, it's not a, a known thing. Right. And we do, we do good stuff and price points are broad. Six bucks to $16, you know.
0: So now when you're working with the chef to de- develop the menu, do you guys ever think about pairings with the wine? And
2: Honestly, it's like, it gets stupid busy. And it's oh, like, sure. it just becomes, like, in the same vein, we don't do, like, trivia nights mm-hmm. because it's, we don't, not we don't need, it's just we don't need to. Yeah. It's like sometimes the pairings and things of that nature like it just convolutes a system that's going and running yeah and it, it makes it tough like we do flights mm-hmm.
1: and,
2: and not a lot of people do flights and it's a pain in the ass but we still do them just because we do them but like as you know it's like most craft breweries don't do flights anymore it's kind of like a they're trying to push away from that right and so it, it definitely takes some time and da-da. so like pairings and things like that just makes it a little bit harder, you
0: know. yeah. Yeah, it, it is an extra, it is an extra It's another to step. It's another step on top of yeah. everything
1: else. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, I think getting rid of plates is fine as long as you have options on size. Yeah. yeah. Right? yeah. Like, if you're committing to a pint and all you get is a little taste, sometimes that's fine. But yeah, if you're looking to try a few things, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. nice to be able to do two or three little guys and yeah. then continue on. But do them one at a time, two at a time. You don't want to warm up anyways. Yeah. We have our little thimble tasters so people can taste.
2: Yeah. That's another crazy thing. If you're ever going to open a bar, get tasting glasses because people, your bartenders will pour like six ounce pours, and they'll be like, "Taste it," like wow, and they'll yeah. be like, "Well, that's great. I'll have that grim that's like twelve bucks." Yeah, and they just drink out <laughs> an entire half of one. Yeah, and you're like, oh, right. that's, "That's good for profit margins." You know? There you
0: go. It's another good lesson. <laughs> <laughs> so now, I mean, how would you describe? So we're here in the thick of things. It's a Friday. It's, it's packed. How would you describe the vibe here?
2: Um, we like to. You see, we have no TVs. Music's up, but not overly loud, but loud enough where you gotta talk loud. We want people to, like, interact and converse, and, like, we kind of, like, uh, we want that, like, second living room vibe when your friend's come to hang out. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the feel we like. Um, you know, our, our selection and stuff, too, kind of weeds out dickhead customers mm-hmm. that, you know, that you kind of don't want sometimes. Sure. Like, that are just gonna, like, ruin the night, this and that. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the vibe is to be, like, Everyone talk, you know. We have shitty, shitty cell service in here. Like, yeah. the worst. And we don't give our Wi-Fi out. And we have no TVs. Right. And we just want people to be like, let's just hang out, you know.
0: Yeah. No, I, I like that. I think, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan anymore of the places with the million TVs and it's so loud. You can't even, you can't even think, yeah. let alone have a conversation with the person next to you. Yeah. So, I like that kind of, it's, it's an inviting atmosphere. It's, it's a cozy space in here. Yeah. I mean, it's a good size space, but at the same time, it is cozy. Yeah. And... Uh, it just makes people want to have a conversation yeah the two other bars can you tell us tell us a little bit about that what can you tell us about that
1: uh,
2: I mean, the Duchess is um, it's it's very similar to this it's about about a 10 minute walk from here mm-hmm. so it's kind of like far enough away that it's going to be a similar vibe and then again beer and wine only we only do beer and wine here as well um, over there will be again draft list that's going to rotate it's going to be a different definitely always different than this one um, and then uh and then uh, it's but like three times the size, so it's a much okay. bigger wow. space. Okay, um, it looks more like a brewery layout if you go to see it. Um, if you go on like in, or on uh, on Facebook, you could probably find it, Duchess Bar, and uh, it's definitely a lot larger, a lot more brewery-looking feeling, mm-hmm. uh, more flushed-out menu. Here is you know, our big burger menu. We've been on like ABC. Uh, we've been on the Food Network. we our chef was on Chopped. We were did the Rachel Ray Burger Bash. We did all that stuff. So it's more burger centric here. There's going to be a little more like American French cuisine, but we're gonna have this burger menu over there that's never been done before. Which we're not gonna like. We don't let anyone know about it yet because it's super different. Yeah. Um, it's the exclusive right here. Btbt BT yeah, exclusive. The way it's like served is completely different, and, and yeah. that's kind of hard to actually think about because it's, it's burgers. Everyone's fucking doing burgers, but we try to really think about a different way to do it. Uh, and then the Huntress is across from Brooklyn Boulders down the block. And it's, uh, it, it's, uh, again, it's a little bit bigger than here. Full liquor license. So we're going to do whiskey and wings. And again, we're doing some other goofy stuff menu wise that mm-hmm. you probably haven't seen before. Um, we're trying to be very progressive on that aspect. And then we'll have our house draft lines that are going to be very, um, a little more stripped down, you know, a good stout, a good border, basically like basics done well, right. you know, which that's why we carry Kelso here. It's, because you don't find a lot of breweries nowadays that do basics done well. Kelso, you know, Kelly does a stout. He does a wick. He yeah. does a pilsner. And he does them well and consistent, always that. And so we carry them. We're basically, it's like our house brand here. And then over there, we're going to have another brewery that we've been working with for a while, about the same kind of concept, but doing 12 lines, a mm-hmm. nitro stout, you know. And then, like, seasonally, either fruiting them or doing something different in keg to, like, kind of change it up a little Right and on. then the, yeah, and then we'll do whiskey and cocktails
0: and stuff over there. So. Oh, very cool. So now, how do you kind of? Um, it's a question we love to ask our guests. How do you kind of see currently, current day, the the New York craft beer scene, and kind of where do you, where do you see it going from here?
2: It's that's a tough question because like I've been in and out of the craft beer scene for like ten years on and off. Mm-hmm. Like it's and I wasn't so intensely until more so in the last couple of years. Um, it's, I'm going to you're going to see a lot of like, smaller guys get weeded out. Mm-hmm. And, it's no fault of theirs, it's just, it's competition, it's going to be fierce. Yeah. I mean, even though gypsies are all, building breweries, because yeah. they have to, because they, they need to make profit margins, they got to make money, they can't just keep outsourcing other places. And, and, uh, I, I hope this is, I'm not going to sound like a dick, but I hope the, the arrogance level of some brewers comes down a peg or two.
0: Sure. Yeah.
2: You know? I mean, some people see it. Some people don't see it. Consumers don't see it as much. Back end, people see it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's also like you got to be in the cool kids team. <laughs> right. Or like the There, They're, they're It's like fucking high school sometimes. It really right. is. <laughs> and it's not a joke. And like... That's why, again, like, it's, like, keeping an even keel and, like, hearing breweries that people are, like, yeah, they're okay. It's, like, they still do some great stuff. It's not, like, they're not, like, you no, not everyone's all over their dicks all, all day long or right. whatnot, you know. So, um, so I, I feel like a lot are getting weeded out, but I feel like a lot of breweries are going to start being a little more easier going. and They're going to lose the, a little bit of the attitude a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if you guys see it, but I see so. Yeah, I mean,
0: we we see some of that We're too. We're
1: not
2: like going to staple anyone out, but like right, no, no,
0: no, no, without naming names, we 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 do see some of that too. It's definitely um, it is a little bit of a cool kids club yeah. at times as well, and and you know it's kind of bullshit. Yeah, but.
2: and and I want to see more guys like Kuzme, like guys that it's are good dude Kuzme. That it's not about like passion projects of like seventy investors and one dude like right. making beers. Like no, I want guys that are like I'm gonna try. To do better than others and do things and think outside the box and you know
1: the, the home brewer DIY coming up the right way
2: yeah yeah that's those are the guys I like like those are the ones that I feel yeah. like are really trying to push the envelope in ways and and not just ride ride all the heights you
0: know right yeah shout out to Kuzma and Fifth Hammer I think they got their um first uh, their their anniversaries Smart. coming up yeah, Smart, right? tomorrow right yeah. Yep. yeah Saturday that's right
2: we pay we're the first to ever pay them really right. yeah because like like we, the worst part about owning a brewery is like getting your money. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but like, on this end, like, yeah, we get paid. But you got, they, it's like a hunting process. You know, like that's what all breweries have to deal with. And so the first time it was like when he, the first delivery they made was to us ever. And I was like, here's your money. It's there not going to come as easy from everyone. So. <laughs> but you'll never forget you. Yeah. It's going to suck. But now, <laughs> just remember that. <laughs>
0: No, that's 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 funny. Yeah. No, I I think the craft beer scene is definitely definitely interesting. I I also think the neighborhood is interesting because c- I um you know I I know what this neighborhood looked like twenty years ago. It was um, hookers and yeah drug dealers. Yeah, it was a vastly different neighborhood, yeah. and I think it's still even though it has changed a lot, I think it's still kind of you know hasn't found itself totally yet. I think it's still changing a little bit. You oh, know. Yeah,
2: I mean that's we're like my wife and I are trying to like help like create the landscape a little bit in certain ways you know like she she's a music school as well mm. down the block so we have a music school down there we live we've lived here for almost six seven years and we've watched building we've, we're the first to live in the building next door like the first oh, wow. to live in that apartment so like and that was like one of the early buildings so we've watched it and so like uh it's it's cool to see a neighborhood actually evolving with something you don't see in new york very often right and uh but there's still some grittiness. You still got the biggest projects in the world two blocks away. Yeah. Like, you're still- Queens Ridge. You got the, the find, like that being said, the Huntress, we built a big part of the Huntress out of, um, we call it uh, the Urban Arboring Coalition, mm-hmm. the UAC. We went to the projects and took all the broken tree limbs down, we actually repurposed them really? and building the bar out. Of cool. the Huntress. Oh, it's wow. kind of a wilderness theme. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah. Uh, but, that, uh, but, yeah, really it's cool. still down there. It's still rocking, you
0: know? Yeah. Yeah, no. It's definitely, I think it, it's a neighborhood that's changed a lot. And like I said, I think it's still changing. So, so with that, with that said, I mean, how do you kind of view currently, like, the, just the bar scene in general in Long Island City? It's it's okay. You know,
2: right. like, uh, not, like, trying to be like, ooh, us, but, like, if this was the bar, like, I'll say, this for, I yeah. go to Sunnyside, I go to the Alcove. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to the Alcove. Sunnyside, they're not booming right now with lots of places. Right. Like, but that place does it well. That's what I, I hope people feel like when they come here. Because right. it's not a lot, it's very slim pickings of like cool places to go. And right. Especially on the beer side of things. I mean, Patrick's got Alewife, but that's yeah. like, it's church and state. Like Hunters Point and Dutch Kills, Yeah. It's a separation. It's like, we don't go down there that often. It's, yeah, it's like
0: it's like it's the same neighborhood, but it, it just seems so far from me. Like, it is from here. It's
2: far. Like you gotta take like a train, like seven stops, just to get yeah. within a ten minute walk. Right. You know, it's it's far. It's different. You know, um, you know, there's a couple bars around here that are doing okay. Um, like we go occasionally to the Beast next door. Mm-hmm. Um, more cocktail-driven side. I mean, there's Dutch Kills, obviously. Yeah, everyone knows Dutch Kills. You know, they're in their own world and stuff, but um, there's, like, there's a Crescent Grill down the block, mm-hmm. which is great. If, if they're having a tough go because they're a little bit detached from the neighborhood. It's, like, four blocks down Crescent. Yeah. So, it's, like, yeah, it's right there, but people don't think that far down. They have a good... They do great... They do, like, Kings County. They'll do LIC Beer Project. So I yeah. the mic. They do... <laughs> uh, they, do, they, they try to keep it pretty, relatively local within Brooklyn right. and Queens.
0: That's cool. So now coming up, so how did you initially get into craft beer?
2: Uh, I mean, like, we the, the bar that we opened in the East Village, we had a craft beer bar downstairs that were our partners. Mm-hmm. And it was craft beer, but I use that loosely. It was like mainstream craft, because back then it wasn't like super aggressive craft. Right. You know, like Lagunitas was craft beer. Right? Yeah, you know, sure. That was like, Eight, nine years ago. Bells and Sierra. Yeah. Like, the brewery, like, you'd barely find, like, that kind of stuff kicking around. Yeah. Um, And so, more so when I started riding to breweries and really meeting the guys and really getting involved with them. Like, when we first opened up, we had six strap lines, and that was five years ago. We had, like, single cut and things like that. It was normal. And it was crafty, but it was, like, there wasn't a lot to choose from back then. Yeah. You know? Like, you could get, like, Evil Twin sporadically, or you get, like, things like that sporadically, but... um, with those couple of years of riding and going to breweries, that's really when it kind of started to pop up. I mean, I am from Burlington, Vermont, like mm-hmm. craft beer, like Mecca. Right. Yeah. I went to high school with a girl who used to be the first bartender of The Alchemist, like, oh wow, like way back in the day. And like, I used to live literally behind zero gravity, oh, like no shit. the original zero gravity, like, yeah. Um, so yeah, like, but back then, like, it wasn't even a thought, like, really was like, I mean, we had craft beer fest 20 years ago there, yeah, like, literally full-on craft beer fest and you didn't think I've you ever heard of shed No. Yeah. shed mountain ale so shed was bought by long trail shed was actually in a shed an apple orchard shed and they were using orchards apple orchard like cidery stuff to make beer and they were selling it at growlers no one had growlers they were selling growlers at like this one beer store and this was 20 years ago. Shit. And it was like, holy shit. Like, we used to get to be like, you drink a shed, you're messed up. Like, <laughs> Think about that. It was like, back in, that was like way back. But then they eventually, they got, they were so small, they got bought by Long Trail. They kept, yeah. kept going by Long Trail. Right. I think they're still making stuff a very small amount. Okay. Yeah.
0: What are some of the breweries currently, whether it's local or abroad, or that are really impressing you now? Like, are there certain breweries or, you know, styles that you're, you're actively checking for?
2: Like right now, um, it's really tough. <laughs> it's like so much, just like it's like, there's a lot of options, even like, just locally here in New yeah, York. it's so much coming at you. Like it's really about going, I'm a, I'm a guy who drinks never the same thing twice. I try mm-hmm. not to ever. It's right? all the same for me. Like if I go somewhere, I'm like, what have I never seen the name of? Same, you know? same. So it's kind of hard to say any kind of brewery that stands out because I try to like bounce around so much. Um, like it's I like guys that create concepts in beers and, and they do them well like I rode to defiant a couple of years back and uh, it was the first time I went up there and I got there it was like a hundred degree day I rode 35 miles there and I had their orange creamsicle beer and it like lost my mind it was just like mm-hmm. it was like boom it was like everything it said it was like yeah. perfect and I was like that's what uh, that's what I like in breweries That can actually they say they're gonna do they actually do like, when you say, oh, there's, like, notes and nuances, I'm like, like no. I'm like, stop making shit up. Like, right. give me something or, like, just say it. it's just what it is. It's plain. Like, right. That's the yeah. hard part about, like, the IPA scene right now is that people say that, like, there's notes of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. That's all, like, that's all in the, in the mouth of the holder at that point. Yeah.
0: You it's know? subjective in yeah. a way, you
2: know? Because, like, brewers, brewers' palates are like this. Yeah. Everyone else's palates are like this. So, what they're drinking... And they make seven beers. They all could taste exactly the same to you, but to them, they're completely different. And that's what they got to un- start understanding. It's like that's right. That's huge.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, you know, I'm I'm a huge IPA, double IPA fan. But there there's definitely an IPA, you know, saturation in the market. And then it's like, you know, it it, it the flavors sometimes, like you said, sometimes they just don't. They're just not necessarily there. Like yeah. I'll be drinking something, and I'm like, oh, I get this, but. This other player, I'm not getting that at all. You know, and yeah. I think. Um, but it is interesting though, just going back to see that growth and to see that explosion, especially here in Queens, where six, seven years ago, you know, eight years ago, there was like nothing, yeah. really.
2: Like three years ago.
0: I mean, things have really taken off. Yeah, you know, it's
2: like LIC started; they were building when we were building. Yeah. So we've known them through that whole time frame, and like there wasn't much. Like single cut was there, and
0: right. I think. I think Rockaway might have been one of the they first. They were just starting as They well. just started, like, yeah. just,
2: just up. Um, and everyone else definitely followed later on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it sucks, this neighborhood, that, that transmitter's moving.
0: Yes. Yeah. they are definitely, like,
2: we're stealing them. <laughs> one yeah. of the best breweries, hands down, in New York yes. City. Yeah. And Me. they've never folded, which is, I give Anthony, like, props for that. Like, Rob, and they just, they've never made an IPA. Yeah. They're not going to make an IPA. And if you saw their <laughs> April Fool's joke. They made they had an yes. IPA can. Yeah. And they were like, can release today and I literally fell for it. And I yeah. I texted Mark from Big Alice and I was like I was like, You see this shit? He was like <laughs> it's April Fool's Day. I was like, ah
0: <laughs> No, I'm I'm glad that they have not and I hope they never make one. Yeah. I hope they never they never ever I'm sad to see them go though. I really enjoyed what they were uh, what they were doing.
2: I like how small it was. Yeah. How you go in there and in like There'd be a dog over on one side, and then there'd be a, a pot of sugar boiling down on the floor yeah. over there, and it was just like a mess. But like, I like that. Like, I don't like pristine, clean breweries. Like, right? I've been in Germany to like breweries that were holding like millions and millions, and it's just like, all right, it's a big tank. All right, let's move on. Like, mm-hmm. I want to see the process and the people and the yeah. And Transmitter is like that quintessential kind of brewery.
0: Yeah, they were they they were really doing really awesome things, and uh, you know, I, I'm you know they're getting a bigger space, so you know it's really good for them. Too yeah, bad they couldn't stay in Queens, though. Yeah, it's a win for you, Perry.
1: Yeah, one more I can get too quickly.
2: <laughs> I mean, they're gonna be like next to Kings <coughs> County Distillery too. It's like gonna
0: be a, yeah a
1: mess
2: down
0: there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brooklyn's got a lot going on for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean that part of town's just starting to grow. Yeah. Other than, other than them, Circa I think is the only thing, and I guess uh, was it the one group pub is over there too. The, the chain that does all the self-pouring taps. Oh, Randolph, Randolph. Yeah. Randolph I yeah. think they brew in their location up there. They do in Dumbo. Yeah, that's what, Dumbo, yeah. that's what I'm saying like up in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Downtown, like yeah. that's basically it. Like they're they're entering like basically an upta- untapped part of Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's cool for them. That's like the taint of Dumbo and Williamsburg where they're at. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Mm.
2: They, they'll <laughs> get me over to both it. sides, which is good. You know? There you go. There you go. You gotta hit the taint from both sides. Both sides. That's
0: that's another life lesson. Um, what's the happy hour like here?
2: Uh, it's, it's good. It's just <coughs> basic. I mean, it's like, this is a tough neighborhood to, to gauge anything mm-hmm. here because there's like 20 plus now hotels yeah. within seven minute walks from here. Right. And then you've got all these residential buildings. Right, there's they a got. hotel right around the Jet corner. Blues headquarters is down the block. MetLife's headquarters. Bloomingdale's headquarters is moving here. Like they're talking about Amazon was looking down the block too to do their, their second- like, flagship headquarter in America like mm-hmm. so it's just a lot of like you just never know
1: who's coming in
0: you know? yeah yeah and I think I think that's part of the whole like the, the neighborhood kind of still figuring out its identity yeah. you know it's still trying to figure out who it wants to be when it grows up yeah and I think it's going to be a little bit of a process yeah. yeah I think so for sure so you guys do, do you, like this event here this is awesome this Brooklyn tap, uh, IPA tap takeover do you guys do a lot of tap takeovers or does it depend just
2: Sporadically. Mm-hmm. Again, like, it's like, I like to keep things kind of, like, fresh and different. And, like, um, every now and then we'll do something like this. Like, for Queens beer, we did a full Queens one. Yeah. You know, this one. Um, we don't do a lot of, like, tap takeovers with breweries. Um, our, our space is limited as far as kegs and whatnot. And then uh, the, uh, what's it called? The changeover is a pain in the ass. Like, if you walk in, you can just, like, take stuff down and put stuff on. Right. Here, it's, like, going up in the flight of stairs, yeah. down a flight of stairs. Doing 16 lines, it sounds not like a lot, but it's... It's a lot. Do some half barrels in there, and it's, like, it just becomes a nightmare. It's a lot of work, right. So, uh, we try to keep it pretty, uh, pretty e- easy going for the most part. Just keep rotating constantly. The can thing is we rotate a lot of, and that's one thing I, like, try to stay ahead of. Because, mm-hmm. I guess I would say I'm artistic in a sense, and so I like can art. Yeah. I really like... Because yeah. people do still drink with their eyes, you know? Absolutely, um, absolutely. And so cans are really cool. And also we had a, uh, we had a, uh, our old draft system had actually the beer that was in the, the draft was on top, so you could actually see all the colors and stuff for so what you were drinking, for oh, cool. what you were going to order. But it became a nightmare to change yeah. all the time. It was just too much work. So the Huntress might have something like that because we'll have mainstay lines. Or
0: yeah, I mean I think can art these days it goes a long way to help building the brand of that brewery. I mean I think if yeah. you look on look on social media, I mean people go crazy for the cans, you yeah. know, and, and and people are getting all these likes and hits and all this stuff. Just, yeah. And um it, it's it's a big part of the branding. I think and the it's the
2: trading scene and that whole shebang, like. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like I'm not a big um I'm not big on the trading scene for a couple of reasons, but uh I get it. Yeah. And I think it's great because it's another subculture of of the crappier yeah, yeah, subculture yeah, yeah. and it helps kind of grow and promote all these other breweries that you maybe wouldn't have access to unless you kind of traveled there. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: I mean, like, uh, it's kind of funny to watch the, the artwork be copied so often. Like, other yeah. half, for example, you can see people that are, like, really derivatives of other half. Like, you can see sure. their art, like, see even some locally. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, try a little harder than that guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I like guys like Dan Birch, who does yeah life, and he does Barrier. Barrier, yeah. And, um... He does great stuff. Netler, who does LIC stuff, like yeah. he does, they're like they crazy stuff. Yeah, like that stuff is insane.
0: Yeah, like, some of their can art is really creative.
2: Yeah, and that's I think that's a big part. That's what keeps it cool and fun and not stagnant. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No. Absolutely. Absolutely. But before this, you you had, you had a background in music. Can yeah. you can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: I worked in music, and I was in a, two bands over a period of time. Um, like. Was on Warp Tour, things mm-hmm. like that, and uh, heavy metal, kind of like think of like a heavier Killswitch Engage, okay, um, meets Weird Al Yankovic.
0: Okay, yeah, it was super, interesting.
2: It was really like kind of stupid. Like it was <laughs> fun. Like where people would be like, Is, "Are they kidding? Are they not kidding?" Mm-hmm. And uh, like we would stop a song, we'd all turn around, and a Slipknot song would come on, mm-hmm. and we would start playing it, and come back in like Burger King masks. <laughs> like, It'd be really, like really like. Choreographed out. It was like fun and stupid and this and that, But uh, and then I worked in music as well. Yeah. worked With a lot of bands from like Journey to Jay Z over oh, many cool. years. Um, I finally just stopped doing that a, like a couple of years back. I was yeah. freelancing for a long time and uh, it just was too much to do. So.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, you got three bars. Yeah. You know. It
2: just was like it was more like a creative outlet. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I don't need like to do this anymore. Yeah.
0: All right. Right on. And, and so, what are, what are the hours of operation uh, here?
2: Pretty much 11 to late every day. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we started open for lunch a couple of years back, like and like a lunch Friday goes from zero to 60 in like I can imagine. Hour. Right. It's like, oh, it's, it's like 12 o'clock. Yeah, no one. And then like 1230 hits, and it's like, fuck. Like, we always, uh, you ever seen the meme of Steve Carell? saying like, no, yeah. no, no. That's yeah. what we're like. We're like, it's like, shit, this is going to suck. <laughs> in a good way, but it's just like wow. But uh, but yeah, we used to stay open late. Kitchen's open until typically midnight. Yeah, know, which is good.
0: That is good. That is really good. Yeah. And uh, and and you know, given the fact that we've discussed how the neighborhood is still kind of finding its legs, you guys have like a core group of regulars, or is it really like a lot of different kind of shifting crowds coming in and out?
2: It's again, it's like it comes and goes in waves. We've got people that we know and, and this and that. Like we've made a lot of friends that are like friends that hang out with us that we know uh, from here. Yeah. Um, and like even guys like in the bar industry and the beer industry like Mark from Big Alice for example. I don't know if you know Mark from Big yeah. Alice. So Mark lived in our building. He used to be a regular I'm here sure. and then he was going to help work with us the the duchess but then he, it was taken for a while and so then we are like I was trying to help him get a job in a brewery and then he actually landed a job with Big Alice and now he's doing all the stuff for them. And yeah. So it's like things like that have happened and we get friends and things over the years like that so... Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
0: That's fair. So, I mean, we kind of we, we kind of covered a lot. Is, is there anything that we didn't touch on, or is there anything else that the audience should know about this bar and, and your other bars that uh, you want to talk about?
2: Uh, I mean, well, here, one thing we do is we do Champagne savoring. We didn't touch on that. Oh, that's interesting. What's We're, that? I was going to ask about that. We're the only bar, not that probably, that does it open to the public. I mean, some bars have done it, yep. this and that. Like, I know Saxon Parole or someone else has done it, but we... We actually have a program where you can if you buy any bottle of our champagne, you can open it with a sword. Oh, shit. Yeah, so it starts at 70, 74 bucks for like our cheapest bottle, which is like it's French yeah. it's champagne. It's not American made, it's not prosecco, it's right. not it's actually French All, again, my wife is French, so it right. has to be, has to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. be sacrilegious so, otherwise. Yeah. And and we've gone to vineyards and we've gone mm-hmm. things that we've 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 done the whole shebang and she's very has to be French. Because you can do non-French champagne. You can do, sure. You can do like, Mum Napa, for example, is made in the method of champagne. Right. You can savor it because everything they do is proper. Right. But we don't, you know. Sure. And so um, you basically fill out a waiver, ID, blah, blah, blah. You can't be drunk, obviously. Right. <laughs> right. um, and then we give you a sword and we, sh- we have you basically mime it out on a, on a, on a tester bottle. Yeah. And then we get all your friends around. Everyone starts counting down, screaming pictures. That's whatever, awesome. And, uh, no, my wife did it on the Today Show. We really. really? Um, I actually got accepted to do the Guinness Book of World Records most bottles savored in a minute. Really? I haven't done it yet, but they. I put in my application. They said I could challenge the winner. Or I can challenge the guy who has the most bottles. Right. Which is like sixty-four. Sixty-four in, in a minute. In a minute, wow. But I, I've watched him how he does it. And uh, but he's actually the guy who owns. He holds the most Guinness Book of World Records records. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. He's that guy. So okay. I think I can beat him anyway. But. Uh, but yeah, we teach you how to do it, and uh, it's super easy. It's just more nerve wracking than anything else. And, and quite honestly, guys are terrible at it, and <laughs> girls are good at it because they actually listen to the tutorial. Right. The guy just I'm just gonna like, do this. Bro, I can do this. Right. And they start chopping, it and you're like, you're gonna kill somebody. Calm the <laughs> fuck down. <you> know? <laughs> and we've had like a mishap here and there, like just stupid stupidity. Right. You know? It's just listen, do, done. Right. Easy. Yeah, it just pay attention
0: and you can do this, right? Yeah, Yeah, guys have a problem with that part.
2: Yeah, it's just, fucking listen, guys. Come on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, yeah, here it's just, uh, again, it's just
1: low key. You know.
0: Right, very cool. So, Perry, you got any uh, parting partin words, comments? I'm
1: just excited to try some more of the beers that they got on. Obviously, taking over Brooklyn, so keep it up.
0: Yeah, you and you, Brooklyn shit. can uh, I say?
1: We, we do it right.
0: Now, shout-out to Brooklyn. Brooklyn is doing big things. Um, and, and, and real quick, if people want to find out more about about what you guys are doing here, what's the best place? What are the, What's the best ways to do that?
2: Um, the um Also, we have – that's com. But we also have uh, our Instagram page. We always say our Instagram page is kind of like Tinder for your mouth.
0: <laughs> I like that. That's, that's good. I like so, that. So, like,
2: if you just see the pictures, like uh, – and then uh, – yeah, we're all about taglines, radiates Like No, have, that's good. You need our it. Our shirts it sticks. are really stupid. I don't know if you saw one of our shirts says, uh, uh, "Eat a burger." Skinny people are much easier to kidnap. We just made it. <laughs> we're make We just made another one that was pretty stupid, and we also have like a, like little LeBron James of hamburgers. That I saw.
0: Yeah, yeah that I um, like. That that is interesting. But also, if
2: you go to uh, Baroness Beers, that's our our draft list. It's always updated by uh, beer menus. Yep. Yeah. By those guys over there. Yep. Um, which is like the best way. I like, honestly, I've been finding beers. Absolutely, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm a big beer advocate. I live on Beer Advocate. Mm-hmm. But like finding stuff, beer menus has been awesome. Yeah, they they are they are um, awesome. Do a good job. I'm not an untapped guy.
0: Me neither. I don't do untapped. I I appreciate untapped, but I just I, don't I get do it. it.
2: I go to untapped if if it's not on beer menu or on Beer Advocate. Mm-hmm. But uh, otherwise, yeah, I don't really I don't really do it. Mm-hmm. I don't need to check in all that much. You know? Yeah. It'd be like stupid.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'd, be, it'd be excessive. Yeah, that's one that's of the I don't do it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: right. uh, oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like the gist of it for the most part.
0: There you go. It's like Tinder for your mouth. I like that. Yeah, man. Look, thanks so much for hosting Beer Today, Beer Tomorrow. This is uh, it's definitely an awesome place. I'm digging the vibe here. And uh, thanks, man. Appreciate you hopping on the show.
2: Yeah,
1: thank you very much. Right. Cheers. Cheers, man.